What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Back in the chair with... NFL insider John McMullen, all presented by Stateside Vodka. <clears throat> Remember to use that promo code Jacob. Use it on the statesidevodka.com website. Get 15% off a one-liter bottle of Stateside Vodka. And if you're in Pennsylvania, they'll deliver it right to your front door. Welcome in, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of Football 24-7. With John McMullen. John, I welcome you in here on a Tuesday. You've had uh, plenty of time to uh, digest uh, uh, what you watched and witnessed uh, live on Sunday. You've had plenty of time prior to this edition of Football 24-7 to talk about it on Birds 24-7, in Sports Illustrated, on Philly Mag, uh, all over the place. You've had plenty of time to really dive into um, or write about what you saw. Um, and before we get into coordinator day today, let me just get some initial thoughts from you. Cause as we come on, I, I'm looking at the 21, 2021 football schedule. And all of a sudden, John, I'm not seeing any relief in sight until November 28th, when they go up the turnpike to take on the giants. Now I could be wrong and I hope I'm wrong uh, with that. I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, well, number one, you can't look ahead. I mean, every every NFL coach will tell you that you got to compart compartmentalize from week to week. But <clears throat> when you start looking at at the schedule ahead, and I, I will say this, and I told Jody McDonald uh, this earlier today, we all knew on paper the first half of the schedule was more difficult than the second half, and it still shakes out that way. But there are games you thought maybe were winnable uh, as, you know, if things went well for the Eagles. Um, this is one of them at, at Carolina coming up on Sunday. Uh, but the Panthers are better than most people expected all of a sudden. And that looks more difficult. Um, you, you fast forward a couple weeks to the Las Vegas Raiders and you say, well, they lost last night, but they're better uh, than most people thought they were going to be. Um, at Denver, n- November 14th, that that team looks a lot better than people were projecting them to be. Even the New Orleans Saints, I thought, would, would kind of fall off uh, a little bit of a cliff uh, without Drew Brees. They're better than I thought they were going to be. I thought the Chargers were going to be good, but they're even better than I thought. So it does, if you're going to play that game and say, well, they're not as good as so-and-so, it looks really bad. 
But one thing we know about the NFL, these teams are very, very close. There are surprises every week. And I think if you want to be honest, the first four games, I don't know how many people had them beaten San Francisco at Dallas or Kansas City. Not many. Not many. Um, but I tell you what, they outplayed San Francisco. Uh, now you can say, and Nick Sirianni said, there's no moral victories. There aren't in the NFL, but they played a lot better and were a lot more competitive than I expected against San Francisco. Um, Dallas was 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 bad. Kansas City was bad from a defensive standpoint, but guess what? It was good from an offensive standpoint, um, and they played a little bit better. They were in that game when they scored uh, um, early in the fourth quarter. They were still in that game, and that surprised me. I don't know about you, but I didn't expect them to be in that game that late. So there are some positives if you – try to force your way through the weeds and you know today was coordinator day the the obviously the headline was Jonathan Gannon because of the defense and how poorly they performed understandably so but guess what it's the Kansas City Chiefs guess who's not on the schedule the rest of the year the Kansas City Chiefs that's going to correct some of the problems right there on its own, because if you're going to take one outlier game with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, guess what? They're not on the schedule. You're past that. You know, Carolina's not bringing Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill to the dance. Either of those other teams. So sometimes you just tip your hat to the, to the opponent. Offensively, you tip your hat to Kansas City. That's probably the best offensive team in football. I do think that you could make an argument and you could use the Dallas game as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. Both clubs ran the football a lot and had success against the Eagles defense. Now, maybe... You expect it somewhat from Dallas because of Zeke. But I don't know if you expect the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid to run it as much as he did or as they did in the game on Sunday. Perhaps, I guess, but I don't know. No, I, you never expect Andy Reid to run the football. I mean, nobody knows that better than Philadelphia. Uh, uh, they criticized Andy Reid for years about not running the football enough. But I I will say that that was the game plan. The game plan, and it has been for most of this season, was to limit big plays um, in the passing game. The Eagles, by the way, have done that. Uh, they are number one in the league still when it comes to giving up the fewest amount of explosive plays in the passing game, which is 20 or more yards, number one in the entire NFL. How do you do that? You play a lot of cover too. Um, you play a lot of zone um, and you're susceptible to the running game. And that's what's happened. And, and 
Jonathan Cannon spoke about that and the give and take of that aspect of it. And they're trying to take away those explosive plays. They've largely done it. They can, they have been getting gashed in the running game. You got to adjust if people are figuring that out and taking it. And especially it doesn't matter so much with Dallas because Dallas wants to run the football. Kansas City doesn't even want to run the football. And they were able to do it against you. So that to me is more concerning. Then you have to make a correction because, as I said, Andy Reid doesn't even want him running, to be honest. It was just so easy. They did it. And that's a concern. As you mentioned today, John, coordinator day, Jonathan Gannon in front of the microphone. How did that conversation go? Did he address it? Is there, a, is there an adjustment uh, that he plans to make? Did he talk about the linebackers uh, today? What was the what was the focus of his conversation today? Well, the focus was, and as expected, he's not going to throw his players under the bus. He said it's his, you know, he took accountability for it. And, you know, I, I think you're going to be seeing a certain number of things out there um, over the next 24 hours that are probably going to be misinterpreted, to be honest. I've already seen one of them when he said we're not a dime team. He said we're not a dime team right now. Uh, that's because he doesn't have a lot of confidence uh, in in putting six defensive backs on the field versus two linebackers. Uh, he'd rather have the two linebackers on the field. How Now, you can make a strong argument that he shouldn't think that way because the linebackers are not very good either, but it's kind of pick your poison. And, look, I said it all the time. There's two things Eagle fans, are they want. They want you to run the football – and, and, and they want you to blitz. And the Eagles don't do either. So they're upset. And I don't know. You, I, you just got off Jim Schwartz. People criticized him. He didn't blitz enough. Well, compared to um, Jonathan Gannon, Jim Schwartz is, you know, Buddy Ryan uh, for the amount of blitzes he called. So it's even gotten worse. So they're more upset. Um Bottom line is they don't have the personnel on the back seven on defense. We've been talking about this since the spring. Um, Offensively, they're an RPO team. So when you talk about running the football, it's going to be quarterback driven and what the quarterback decides on a a specific play. Um, If this isn't what you want, (laughs) that's what you're getting. Because right now, that's what the personnel is telling the coaches to do, bottom line. If that directive doesn't produce a result or doesn't put you in a position to compete, what's the adjustment? You know, what's Jonathan Gannon's adjustment to getting, you know, the ball run down his throat on defense by the Kansas city chiefs. What's the adjustment that should be made in the game? Well, I don't think there's an adjustment you make against the Kansas city chiefs because you're, you're trying to eliminate um, their passing game and the explosiveness of their passing game. Now, as you go into Carolina, Carolina, 
a little bit less. They've been playing well. Sam Darnold's having a good season for Sam Darnold, uh, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. DJ Moore, Philadelphia kid, is having a good season, but he's not Tyreek Hill. So you don't have as much concern. Not that they're not good players, but they're not superstar players. You're just playing. You just got off playing superstar players. So I'll ask you, Joe, if I come into a game as a defensive coordinator and my options are, okay, do I want to stop Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, or do I want to pay attention to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Well, if you tell me pay attention to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, you know, that's I'm, I'm going to question you. I'm going to say, no, no offense. Let's do our best to stop these guys and say, hey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire beat me. And he had a good game. And they weren't able to limit – they limited Kelsey to a tremendous effect. They weren't able to eliminate Hill uh, only for very small uh, portions of the game Darius Slay was on him. But the point is you always game plan. You always game plan for to take something away from the opposition, to limit something from the opposition. You're not talking about the Clyde Edwards Hilaires of the world. To me, that's a that's a that's a better criticism for what happened in Dallas than against Kansas City. The Eagles had the right game plan against the Kansas City offense, forced them to take underneath stuff, forced them to go on to long drives. Their drives were almost all exclusively over eight plays, some of them 11, 12 plays. And then your hope is there's a false start. There's a holding penalty. Um, We know all the penalties going around the NFL right now. And you get off the field on third down. What they didn't execute was getting off the field on third down. And that's partially because Kansas City was so effective. But I thought the plan was exactly the way you have to attack the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't be worried about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I can't. I can't be bothered. Patrick Mahomes had how many touchdowns in the game on Sunday? Five touchdowns. So he had five touchdowns. So if they were coming into the game with a game plan to stop Patrick Mahomes – they didn't do that. If they were coming into a game into the game on Sunday to stop Kansas City from moving the football, they didn't do that. With the exception of the one stop when Kansas City t- came out to start the second half on that opening possession of the third quarter, which, by the way, I thought was a big. St- I thought that was a great stop. That was a big stop. Uh, and a timely stop to get. But if they didn't have success on the game plan coming in, and then 48 hours later, Jonathan Gannon doesn't necessarily have an answer to what he has, does that mean, John, that it is what it is? I mean, I, I you know, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm just trying to figure it out. Well, again, I think you have to realize who the opponent is. Um, and I think not enough people are putting stock in the opponent. Um, again, 
you're you're talking if if Patrick Mahomes isn't the best quarterback in the world, he's in the conversation with Aaron Rodgers. That's it. They're one, two, or two, one, however you want to go. And then everybody else goes down from there. Tyreek Hill, if he's not the most explosive player in the league, I don't know who is. Um, you're not facing Tyreek Hill this week. You know, you're you're facing the top offense in the NFL. There was a small margin of error coming in. And when the Eagles did have opportunities to make stops, whether it was Josh Sweat jumping off sides, turning a third and long into a third and short, little things like that, they're not making the plays. They're not getting off, off the field. It's fine to criticize them. They didn't play well. Jonathan Gannon was the first one to say that. Um, my, I guess my point is to extrapolate that out to they're going to have these same problems against Carolina and moving forward, you know, take Tampa Bay out of the equation because they're explosive as well. But, you know, the Detroits of the world, the Las Vegases of the world, the it, it doesn't compute to me. They're they're not bringing the same talent to the table. So if you do give up um, six of seven touchdowns and seven drives to the Detroit Lions, well, get back to me. Then you got big problems. Right. Um, the fact that it was Kansas City alleviates it at least a little bit not trying to excuse it you want to play better you should do better Michael Clay said today he had never been in a game without a punt well guess what the Eagles didn't punt either they played pretty well offensively as well um you want to do better but I I guess I would ask fans okay come back to me with a plan to stop these players with the players the Eagles have at their disposal on the defensive side of the football I, you know, what, 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 what are you going to do? You know, stop Tyreek Hill. How am I stopping Tyreek Hill with what the Eagles are throwing at the Chiefs? And if the answer is the blitz, well, instead of 12 play drives, you got Tyreek Hill going for 80. That's mm -hmm. the only difference. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka, John McMullen's deep dive, as well as a conversation about coordinator day today. Jonathan Gannon spoke, Shane Steichen uh, spoke. I know you mentioned that term, John, moral victory, and head coach Nick Sirianni doesn't believe in moral victories. But I do think from what I was able to see, don't know if this is accurate. This is just observation from outside of being inside on the screen, listening in the press conference, listening in the day after on the flagship radio station, WIP. Um, Nick was pleased with his offense in this game compared to coming out of the disaster that was Monday night. I don't know if that means anything, but he was pleased with the offense. So at one point during the game, I think – the fans were chanting, run the ball, run the ball, right? Whatever, they were chanting that. 
Miles Sanders, the home run hitter on offense, didn't run the ball that much, didn't touch the ball that much. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm just pointing it out to solicit an opinion from you about it. Did they do better on offense? They did. They, As you said, they didn't punt the football, and they scored some points. I just don't know why. I'm happy they did. I just don't know why. Well, they, they piled up uh, 461 yards of total offense, and they scored 30 points. Now, some of it was garbage time at the end of the game. Uh, the last touchdown, certainly, Jalen Hurts threw for 387 yards. Um, which is a career high. Uh, Devontae Smith goes over 100 yards for the first time. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, see, here's what I think. You know, Miles was ineffective when he did carry the ball. He had seven carries for 13 yards. So you saw one of the issues that I've been talking about forever, trying to bounce everything outside, trying to hit that home run instead of taking what's there instead of taking the four or five yards that are it's blocked for, trying to bounce it outside, trying to hit the home run. So that still is a problem for Miles Sanders. But the bigger issue that people don't understand, and they got to get used to it, RPOs. That's what this offense is. As long as Jalen Hurts is here, that's going to be this offense. And a run-pass option means you read – the player that's unblocked, whether it's a defensive end, a linebacker, and depending on what that player does, you either give the football to the running back, um, you can pull it out, you can throw it, or the quarterback can keep it. The Eagles' running attack as a whole has been pretty effective, again, in the context of the entire league. But a lot of that is due to Jalen Hurts. And he, again, led the team in rushing. Um, and he leads the team in rushing on the year. And that's the way it's going to be. That's the way this offense is going to work because it is an RPO offense. And um, now, you add into it, look, they're behind. They're behind, so Kenny Gainwell's in the game because he's the better receiver. And by the way, he played very well, so they made the right decision there. So again, if the Eagles are up two scores in Carolina next week in the third quarter, you're going to see more runs to Miles Sanders. That's it. It has to do with the type of game you're playing, the type of game you're in, and the Eagles have been in games where. They got blown out in Dallas, and they're getting beat soundly by the Chiefs in the second half of games. So you're trying to catch up. You're trying to throw the football. It's as simple as that. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I know you had Carolina uh, tight end Colin Thompson uh, <clears throat> on with you and Jody Mack this morning on Birds 365. I'm so sorry I didn't get a chance to eavesdrop into uh, that show. Uh, great that Colin was able to jump on. I know you've got a good relationship with CT, uh, and it was nice to have him uh, on the show. Uh, you know, he's – and he knows his head coach – you know, he's in – if you fast-forward Nick Sirianni to 2022, that's where Matt Rule was a year ago. 
So, and all of a sudden, Carolina is better than expected, at least for now, at least in the early part of the game. They ended up losing to Dallas, but they had them on the ropes at one point. They were right in that, they were right in that football game. Um, what did you learn from Colin on Birds 365 today, Johnny Mac? Anything? I'm sure he didn't talk about the game plan. But... No, he didn't give. I, I asked for the state secrets, but I didn't get them. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, Colin's too smart to give that kind of stuff up. But I was interested. I was interested to talk to him because, you know, Matt Rule's a second-year head coach. Um, and – you know, we're living through the hiccups of a rookie head coach. So I wanted to get Colin's uh, thought on uh, thought process on the second year of Matt Rule versus the first year. Now, it's a little bit different because Matt Rule was a head coach at both Baylor and Temple on the college level. So while it, you know, it's still a big leap, still a big jump, the fact that he was the guy at the college level, remember Nick Sirianni's never been a head coach. So he, he, he said, you know, it hasn't been much different for Matt rule. He's the same guy. He always was. He said, he's the same guy. He knew a temple. Uh, and I think that that head coaching experience he had on the college level really helped because you become that CEO. You have to become Nick Sirianni's learning on the job. He's never done it before. He's never, done it before and I talked about the defense and you know I talked about it with Jonathan Gannon today they got in a situation in the red zone a play that upset a lot of people and it should um, Andy Reid and Jonathan Gannon admitted this today came up with a great uh, 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 great play structure um, and got Tyree Kill Tyree Kill who I just talked about the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL, one-on-one with Eric Wilson in the red zone, who's a linebacker. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. So I asked Jonathan again, I said, what do you do in that situation when you see that developing? And you say, okay, Andy's got me. Andy's got me. And it ended, as you might expect, with a Tyree Kill touchdown because Eric Wilson, it's not his fault cornerbacks can't keep up with Tyreek Hill. Um, You know, what do you do as a defensive coordinator? What do you do as a head coach? I said, do you call timeout? And and Jonathan Gannon, I can't call timeout. That's the head coach. So when you talk about he's an offensive-minded head coach, but you got to be a CEO on game day, it's really, really difficult. And if you see something like that and say, Ooh, they got Tyreek Hill matched up with a linebacker. You might want to run down and call timeout and get things fixed. Sort of these little hiccups that you learn on the job. You know, Nick Sirianni might have been thinking about the next time he gets the ball, thinking about the next play call. But his job is more than being the play caller. And that's why I've had this argument with Jody on Birds 365. I like CEO head coaches. I like guys involved in the entire game. Or, guess what? Delegate and say to your defensive coordinator, if you got to call timeout, call timeout. You know, give him that permission. 
what what you can't have happen happens. You can't have a Tyree Kill matched up on a linebacker. Somebody has got to have the autonomy to stop that. And if there's two, and if you can't communicate it to your defense, <clears throat> somebody's got to run out and somebody's got to stop the play. John, does that happen um, with Nick? Does he have conversation with Jonathan Gannon during the game? I mean, I know, I guess, I assume you're, he's supposed to, but to, to, to your point and to use your example, you know, and if Jonathan Gannon is saying, hey, that's not my job, I can't – I'm not I – don't, I don't know if he said it this way, but basically I'm not authorized to call the timeout. I mean, that to me, come on, Nick. You know what I mean? You're either managing the game as a CEO, to use your expression, or you're not. One or the other. But somebody's got to be held accountable. Somebody's on the spot, right? Yeah. Well, I asked JG today, and I'll give you, I said, you know, the play you got caught with Eric Wilson on Tyree Kill. What do you do? And I, I threw out there, are there checks built in? Do you have to call a timeout? And here's Jonathan. I'll read it from the transcript. Yeah, I'm not going to call timeout, John. Nick handles that. Boom. There's his answer. There's his answer directly to me. Uh, he does not have the autonomy uh, to call timeout in that type of situation. Now, if you go back to uh, Nick Sirianni on Monday, I, I asked him, I'm trying to bring this up real quick while, while we're doing this. I asked him about the game day dynamic because I was interested in that play. And I said, as an offensive head coach, you said your name to stamp on all of this. Uh, you know, when things aren't going well, uh, do you weigh in on the defensive side? And he said, there's going to be times, I know there's times that I can get on the phones and help out with that process. I need to be, I need to be better at that. If you're going to be a head coach in this league, you got to be at there. There's different ways of doing it. You know, if, if you don't want to be involved in it, then you got to give the autonomy to the defensive coordinator. Now, I, and and by the way, I'm not saying JG wanted to call timeout. JG would have called timeout in that situation, but his answer was his answer, and yeah. he doesn't have the autonomy to do it. So if he doesn't have the autonomy to do it, Nick's got to Nick's got to have his head in the game when that kind of stuff is going on. Fascinating. Great stuff from NFL insider John McMullen here on our Tuesday edition of Football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget to continue to like, share, and subscribe as we continue to grow. Our September numbers um, are in, and they were fantastic. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, to Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and Give Jeff Kerr a shout out for uh, doing yeoman's work when you're down at the stadium, Johnny Mack. Um, and then, of course, the middle and then uh, the National Football Show uh, with Dan Cilio as well. Uh, one last thought before I say goodnight to you. I want to ask you, and I had, a, I had this conversation with Dan Cilio on Sunday night 
after the game, um, we did an abbreviated version of the post-post game show, and I did had a chance to go one-on-one with Dan Cilio, as you know, played in the league. Um, in defense, been around a lot of great coaches. He understands the game. And I asked him about the penalties. Um, how do you fix them, John? How do you, you know, how are they correct? You know, there's always going to be penalties. I almost feel like you always say you can't legislate injuries. I almost feel like you can't legislate penalties either. Now, that now that may yeah, be an extreme yeah. statement, but there's a lot. Uh, I mean, at key at key parts or key moments in the game, and I just wonder if that will always be. Well, the league is over-legislated, and they have a lot of point of emphasis. So there are certain – I put them in different categories. The stuff you can clean up are the pre-snap penalties, the false starts, Mm -hmm. the offsides. That stuff is discipline. That is the stuff you should be able to clean up. Uh, The Eagles have been particularly hurt by the illegal man downfield penalties. That's because they're an RPO team, and that's a point of emphasis. Um, And we were talking to Barrett Brooks about this on Birds 365, an offensive lineman, an NFL offensive lineman said, look, when it's an RPO as an offensive lineman, you're blocking for a running play. That's what you're doing. You're firing off the football. And sometimes you're supposed to get to the second level. So it's the quarterback's job to get the football out. If it's going to be a pass, you've got to have the football out on time. Otherwise, the offensive lineman's going to have his hand in the cookie jar, and he's going to get called for a legal mm-hmm. man downfield. That's what happened to Andre Dillard. And to Nick Sirianni's credit, he said that wasn't Andre's fault. That's what he's taught to do. Mm -hmm. The timing was off. To J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the offensive uh, pass interference that nullified the Zach Ertz touchdown, that's a rub route that everybody in this league runs. Mm -hmm. you got to do it with subtlety. You can't extend your arms. If you extend those arms, they're going to flag it every time. Right. So while people are upset about it, Jason Kelsey was upset. Nick was upset. After the game, Nick said they got a tough job. The officials, you know, they called it whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, it might be ticky-tack, but those are the kind of things that they're going to call. Uh, so the only things I can say, and Derek Barnett, Derek Barnett hit a superstar quarterback low, and he has a reputation as a dirty player. Flags coming every time, every single time. I don't know. There's nothing. There's no teachable aspect. That's a guy who's already got a reputation playing against a superstar. They're going to throw the flag. The stuff you can clean up, ball starts offsides. So when you see those – then get angry at the players. Good stuff tonight from John McMullen on this edition of Football 24-7, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Again, go to statesidevodka.com. Use that key phrase, Jacob, get 15% off a bottle of state, off a one-liter bottle of Stateside Vodka. People were ordering on Saturday leading into the game on Sunday. People were ordering more on Sunday following the game on Sunday. <laughs> We'll see what they do this week again, Carolina. Johnny, make your uh, 
uh, team goes back to work tomorrow, I guess, right? Or what's the rest of the week look like? Uh, Jeff Kerr in for me tomorrow. I'll be on at the top of the show because I got to get COVID testing. Um, and then I'll be back uh, back in the host co-hosting chair on Thursday. So I'll be on tomorrow. Clark Judge will be on. I'll be on as a guest. Clark Judge will be on in the nine o'clock hour. And the team is back to work tomorrow, right? Team is back to work. Full practice. Wednesday practice. The big practice of the week. The big day of the week. Do you expect to get an update on Lane Johnson tomorrow? I do. I you know, I expected to get an update on Monday, to be honest. I mean, the Eagles have to understand they're going to keep getting the question until they give us some clarification. Now, if it's a personal matter they don't want to discuss, that's fine. You know, but you got to say when you expect Lane back. Is he going to be back? We'll know if he's back tomorrow, which is unlikely. Um, We'll see on the practice field. You know, if they put some kind of time frame on it, that will lessen some of the things. Sometimes I wonder why we talk about shooting themselves in the foot on the field. Sometimes I wonder why they shoot themselves in the foot off the field. You know, a simple clarification would, you know, stymie some of the conspiracy theories, shall we say. Yeah. And it'll stop the question. Yeah. On to the ne- on to the next question. All right, good stuff from John McMullen uh, here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Johnny Mac, great stuff, man. Great inside, love it, appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Great stuff, brother. Thanks for asking. All right, good stuff. See you tomorrow. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.